Once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swaggerjacking some of his his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WXUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, I'm Derek Lawson here with David the Man of God Harris. Just got done doing some NFL football. Now we get into college football with David the Man of God Harris here. Talk a little bit about UT Rockets football and uh, another season here. I mean, it just seems like things just go by fast, doesn't it? And uh, obviously we get into this. And then also, I believe, isn't this week zero of college football? Yep, it is the official, unofficial week zero. Northwestern and Nebraska playing in Ireland because that's what you just do, week zero. <laughs> I, I don't understand why is it week zero. It's just because they don't want to call it you know, the specific week one. They want to say it, they don't want to say it's like a official. Mm-hmm. Like start, quote unquote, because there are only like few teams are playing. Right, exactly. All right, so go ahead. What's the what's the what's the what's the the, the dish on the Rockets? All right, it's, it's been a while since I've done my three keys to the game, but we'll we'll keep it three keys to the Rocket season, starting mm-hmm. um, offensively for the Rockets. I mean, the million dollar question is, at least for me. Who's going to replace the productivity of Brian Kovac? True. In the NFL now. Like, like first team, all Mac, breaking record books. Like, so all eyes are going to be on Micah Kelly and Jaquette Stewart. Are, is this going to be like the thunder and lightning like we saw back in our yesteryears as we were you know, thinking about memory lane back, back when, you know, we had flu back there. And, like, we had the dominating tandem running back. Where, you know, you, if one took a breather, the other was just as able to come in and keep punching you in the mouth. Offensive line were great, one of the best in terms of protecting the quarterback, protecting the ball. Uh, how is Daquan Finn going to look now that he is the guy, knowing that Carter transferred? Like, with him like what his development is going to be like. And for the receiving core, who's going to step up? Um, I think Devin Maddox is going to, I don't want to say he's going to have a breakout year because he led the team last season, but I wouldn't be surprised if, even though he had you know close to 600 yards last season, does he get close to that 700, 800-yard mark? In the season, it's possible because there's players that are competing for time. You got transfers coming in that have D1 experience. There's going to be a lot of questions, but I think a lot of them will be answered as we get early on into the season where we're able to really see 
everything together in these first two home games. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, Rockets, always one of the best teams in the MAC defensively. Really? That transcends nationally as well. Wait, 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 wait. In the MAC, remember, it's the fun league. Now, usually defense isn't really played in the MAC, but please elaborate. Yeah, I think last year, uh, yeah, last year, five all conference honorees among the 12 starters. Or 12 returnees who have been regular starters on defense. Last year, they were they were great defensively, I would say, in terms of not just the front seven pressure, mm-hmm. but being able in the secondary, getting those takeaways, getting, like, making those plays that, if you really think about uh, the, yeah, the defensive backfield, passing defense, Allowed less than 200 yards a game. Um, defensively, overall, you know, limiting under 22 points a game, which was best in the conference. Like when it came time for us to really clamp down and be that ball hawking team, um, having eight interceptions as a team, de- as a secondary. I mean, statistically, we were top 25 in the nation in terms of our secondary. Mm-hmm. So I think that combined with a front seven where if, you, if you're looking at a lot of the previews and commentary and thinking like those preseason awards that everyone talks about, that people are coming in and getting um, Johnson being best one, the, getting um, excuse me, 70 tackles, 12.5 tackles for lots of four and a half sacks. For just one Johnson, I mean, we have pieces up front defensively that can scare teams. I think Hines and Johnson being the senior catalyst, and again, thinking back to our days when we were in the booth, thinking about how when the Rockets were good, we had defensive players in the front seven that made an impact that was noticeable. And I think we're going to see that this year again from the defense. Do I think that we can be a top 20 defense nationally in terms of both points per game and um, particularly passing defense? Yes, I think rushing defense. Um, it's going to be tough just because we're in a pass or we're, we're in a yard heavy conference where teams can easily get you know 300, 350 yards average per game. I mean, even last year, the Rockets were second best in the conference overall to defensive in terms of defensive yards per game. I mean, 19th in the country in team sacks, 22nd in the country, team tackles for losses. Like, we have all the pieces, and we seemingly say this every year, to be the team to beat and to really match up with the projections that everyone puts on this leader Rockets team as we are the top team in the conference. But then that gets to my third key, and it's the schedule. Now, we're not going to, you know, everyone is going to say all eyes are going to descend upon the Rockets when we're on Fox against Ohio State in the horseshoe. Last time we were there, we got screwed. We're not going to bring up September 10th, 2011 much, but 
just have to get mentioned because that was the last time that we played them. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, we were there. WXUT and made the, the trip down there and actually broadcasted. We went through a few technical difficulties, but we actually broadcasted. And I wonder if I can find the recordings of that game. I think I have it somewhere. i got to blow the dust off of it. But that was a very good experience we had, and it was true. Um, there was a few questionable calls, uh, but if you remember prior in the in the, the gold pants situation and Boom Heron were all um, suspended along with Trestle, and the, the, it, it, I'll tell you this, a quick story before the preview, how much disrespect the, the Mac got. Remember when we got there, um, the week before, I believe Ohio State had played Akron. Akron, yeah, it was Akron. Be- they got murdered them. I mean, but Akron was at the bottom of the mat. So, it, it, to tell you how this, how, how what this story goes on is that at most stadiums, especially in the MAC and a few of the the, the uh, uh, places, media and the fans don't interact with each other. They don't. You know, you go to the media entrance, obviously they go through the regular gate entrance. But at Ohio State, to get to the press box, you have to go through the fans. It's really weird because of how the stadium is built. It's an older stadium. So obviously the press boxes and in, in the in, it, it's huge there at Ohio State and where the football coaches are and everything like that. You got to go up, what is it, third or fourth floor, but the first three floors, kind of like UT going through their press box, but a lot of those fans actually have special tickets. This is actually going through general admission fans. So I don't know if you remember this. We were going on the elevator with the general admission fans and the trash talking that was going on before the game saying, I don't know why we schedule these Mac teams. It's always an easy victory. The only reason why I'm here is because I got free tickets or the tickets were off. This is the only opportunity I can afford to come to the game. They were trashing the Rockets. And in that year, I believe the Rockets were picked to win the Mac. But, you know, they obviously Eric Page had Terrence Owens. I think they had David Fowellen as the running back that year. Um, yeah, Fluen. And T.J. Fatunikin was on that team. I mean, they, they they had a squad. You know, they had a really good squad. I think Beckman was still the coach then, wasn't he? It was Beckman. It wasn't Campbell yet. And um, yep. special teams was really good as well. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, and, and I and I understood why the, the Ohio State fans were saying that because in the in the previous years they played MAC teams and they pretty much destroyed them, and they had destroyed us two years prior when we played them as our home game up at First Energy Stadium, the Cleveland Brown Stadium, they, they pretty much beat us. But that was when they had everybody. So I'm thinking to myself, you don't have everybody, and you still think they're going to crush us. And I remembered, David, those fans were nervous because that was a really great game until they couldn't complete on 4th and 11. They tried to end his own shot, and they missed it. But there was, I believe, didn't Paige score on a touchdown on special teams, and it got called back saying it was either he stepped out of bounds or it was a legal block in the back or something. It was on a punt return, I believe, right? Yeah, punt return on a touchdown to the far sideline, and we got called for um, legal block in the back. back. Which, again, which we're wasn't, trying to figure it out. Right, which wasn't which wasn't a legal block in the back. And, and, and that would have been a backbreaker because, like I said, when we went to that game, there was a lot of cocky fans thinking this was going to be a blowout. They're waiting for the blowout uh, or, you know, the first quarter goes and we're staying, hanging with them. OK, second quarter, they'll give them the knockout punch. It's like, uh, no, no, we're still here. Third quarter, 
And then after that, it was like fans were sitting on their hands. But I do believe, I remember when that happened, a lot of air was blown out of that stadium. But then when they called it back, it was a sigh of relief because they knew if Eric Page had scored on that, the momentum was going to change and the Rockets were probably going to leave Columbus uh, with the win. And yeah, that that was very questionable. But like I said, the Rockets hung in in there. And uh, like I said, it, it, after that game, though, what the thing I liked was at least the Ohio State fans gave us a lot of credit and said, you know, yeah, you guys got a good, real good football team. The same fans that were kind of being cocky about stuff. Um, who was the AD at the time? The black dude, Smith. He was up there. Weird guy, to be honest with you. Uh, we didn't directly meet him, but um, when we went up to the, the press box, I think to get a lot of media, or not media credentials, but you know, more material um, stuff and get some food. Uh, he was up there and just very, very, as I remember, very odd, socially awkward guy. So I, I have met their AD Smith. Uh, I forget what Gene Smith is his name, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, very odd. But th- that was a really great experience to be in the shoe. Uh, we took pictures with flip phones. That that That's how long ago it was. I actually had a flip phone and I think it'll be popping up on my Facebook memories. But uh, yeah, the, the, that game against Ohio State that the Rockets will be playing at the shoe. That'll be interesting. Hopefully um maybe they can get a victory i'm gonna say no um this this time the team's gonna be with stacked um some people are saying that they got a chip on their shoulder for what happened after what happened last season um so this 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 game against ohio state um at seven and it's at 7 p.m will probably be a massacre but yeah you never know keep going david yeah just kind of real quick about the game like we're we were up at the end of the first quarter, and yeah. then we were only down because it was right before, right before halftime. Chris Fields got that punt return mm-hmm. to the house, and kind of that really—I don't want to say shifted the momentum, but um, well, if you would have got so you, that punt return, you could tell that they were panicking. The fans were panicking, like, "Uh oh, this is not what we expected." Because I had watched the game again, because obviously doing prep for the game, you're watching against Akron. They they slapped around Akron. I mean, but Akron was and Akron's always been bad. They're, they're a basketball school. They've never really been good at football. So they thought because we're in the same conference, huh, we're going to do the same thing to Toledo. Eh, not so fast. But I but I do think that gave life to the Buckeyes to actually help them win the game. Because I think if that if if UT would have scored that, it, it would have been. And that was Luke Fickles. Uh, he's come a long way as a coach now. You know, building up Cincinnati. But Luke Fickle was new on the headsets, being the head guy. Uh, that year was was, was was a disaster for Ohio State football, though. But uh, yeah, that that was fun times. Keep going, David. Yeah, and and Eric Page again. That was world class. Eric Page should have a punt return, but we're not going to keep keep that. But yeah, a lot of people are going to say that that's going to be the game, quote unquote, that defines the season for the Rockets, just because you know national tele, nationally televised Saturday night prime time. For a lot of the quote unquote casual fans, this will be their first time seeing the Rockets outside of the bowl season. But I think for me, the season always comes down to one team. And this year is no different. I think the season really hinges on what happens October 8th at in Northern. the Cab, Illinois at Husky Stadium. Mm-hmm. Because if we beat Northern Illinois, not saying that. We have a cakewalk to Detroit, but having immediately after that, Kent State at Buffalo at Eastern, and then 
particularly important for us home against Ball State, who usually gives us trouble anyways. Well, they usually give us trouble at Ball State. Normally, Ball State here. Now, they're tricky, but they're more lethal and potent in Muncie than they are on the road. Yes, I think having both Ball State at home and then Northern Illinois so early, so the week after homecoming, I think my key game is going to be that game against Northern Illinois. Because if we lose against Northern Illinois, we're basically fine to figure out what bowl we're going to. But if we can really build that momentum, regardless of what happens in Ohio State, I think going to San Diego State is going to be a good matchup for us just because we're similar defensive stalwart, so it's going to be a defensive struggle, a chess match. I think the momentum from Northern Illinois is going to really dictate the tempo. And again, every bleeping year, we have going in with high hopes, and we find we just find ways. So I'm hoping that this year we can find a way to win. The defense can really stand on its head, and we can really build a lot of momentum heading out of that non-conference slate into and through the MAC, so that when when we beat Western, our final regular season game, which I think we will, we can just stay in Michigan and be that much closer to the road to Detroit. Right. Because again, I think it's ours for us to lose. Now, with that being said, the one thing that that, that that's been coming up is. Candle is he on the hot seat? Is this a year where he has to at least get to the MAC championship game to, to prove where the program's coming along? Because you know, obviously, UT's always picked in the top two every year, and then it always seems like the years they're picked to be first, they come up short. Except you know, back in 2017. But what what do you what do you feel about Candle? I mean, there's there's people that are just upset with them. It's a lot of been a history of undisciplined football. Um, not you know living up to expectations. You know the you know you you read the message boards. You hear from people in the crowd. You hear you know things said on the internet. Uh, what's your thoughts on Candle? Uh, I, like I understand kind of the pressure just because there is this expectation that as the cream of the crop, kind of best class, consistently getting the recruiting, which is what he really had his bread and butter and being that recruiting prowess along with Matt Campbell, kind of really that being his rise with the receivers and leading the offense. I think I agree with the pressure because as the head coach, just getting to a bowl game is not good enough. Just making, you know, a winning record within conference play is just not good enough. Being or having a high-powered offense or a great defense like having all these great players aren't good enough if we're not, aside from 2017, getting to Detroit, really putting it all together. And we're seeing it's always one or two games that on paper we're better than, but it seems like we're overlooking. We kind of let our guard down just enough to where we have that stumble, whether it's to the Northern Illinois that's, seemingly are forever thorn in our side. If we're stumbling or struggling with the ball state for a while, the Western Michigan, even after the PJ Fleck year, like it seems like there's always one, there's always a game where we lose close that 
again, going to the shooting ourselves in the foot that we've, I think we should just trademark it as our slogan for Rocket Football. It seems like there's always something that, whether penalties or something always happens in a game that's critical that comes back to bite us towards the end of the season when we're fighting whether to win the division or to get a bowl berth. So I, I don't want to say his seat is hot to where he's, you know, like if he doesn't do well this season, he's going to get fired. But I think a lot more people would have expected a better record than 45 and 27 in six seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of the disappointment is. Like you could probably look at half of those losses as like within one score and be like, ooh. Going through the, you know, going back over the game. Ooh, that play here. If that doesn't happen, then that turns the tide of this. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm looking at the Rockets are picked second in the West Division. Obviously, Northern Illinois is picked first. They Northern Illinois got 11 first place votes. Um, Toledo got nine. The MAC football champion votes has Northern Illinois, Toledo, Miami, and Central Michigan. So, really, to be honest with you, if you're looking at some of the games here, uh, Central Michigan would be one that we would have to be really looking at, the Northern Illinois game. Obviously, Western Michigan, Central Michigan, um, the the, the directional schools you have to watch out for. Eastern Michigan, I believe, did beat Toledo last season. And as you said, said, Ball State. Now, Toledo went 7-6, 5-3 in the MAC. Last season, um, I, I don't. <clears throat> I think if that's a repeat performance, I, a, a lot of Rockets fans would be disappointed. I think the the, the, the Rocket fans are probably going to try to. They want a ten win season. And I mean, it, 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 sometimes you say, "Well, you know, why?" But I will say this: you know, here at, in Toledo, there's high expectations for the football team. This is how it is. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think for Toledo, to me personally, looking at all that. Um, if Toledo wins the MAC, and, and as far as gets to the MAC championship game, and then possibly wins a bowl game, I say that's a successful season. Um, an eh season is they end up in second, win a bowl game, great. Anything lower than second, or you know, embarrassing losses, maybe the NIU, or they had it in their hands, you know, and, and they dropped, or or even they beat NIU and then lose, you know, a loss that they shouldn't have gotten. I, I think really it's it's at the point now where the Rockets have to be kind of consistent and they have that tradition and they do basically always have the top recruiting classes, but it just seems like we always come up short. And I think that's where fans are getting their frustration is, well, you know, we got these top classes, but we're always coming up short. Obviously we did get one MAC championship, you know, a few years ago, but People want consistency, and consistently we've been looking at where we're always dropping the big games. If, now, if we get blown out by Ohio State, hey, that's Ohio State. They, they, they're looking at national championship uh, uh, pictures here around, in that part of the area. So those games, okay. Now, if they're really competitive and they do well and they lose, like or like 2011, great. But I think the main key for us is you, you got to be realistic as a fan and looking at what they're going to be doing in the MAC Conference and hopefully they can get first or second and then get into a good bowl game and win. Um, you know, beating Ohio State is putting a feather in your cap, but, you know, 
that to me great but you know we beat Michigan in 2008 and you know you don't have a lot of people even talking about that anymore so because most of the people that were on that squad are now pretty much in their 30s mid 30s <laughs> believe it or not and you know a lot of people are not around from when that team we had that team or the 2011 team even when they almost beat Ohio State so obviously those games to me they're great on the schedule good to get a little bit of exposure you know Toledo gets a little bit of money out of it but you got to really focus on the Mac and I think for them to have a good season just from my point of view is you got to at least win the division get second place win a bowl game or win the division get to the Mac championship game hopefully win that and a bowl game that'd be a really great season then it's like okay you know Candle can stay for a few more years yeah, I think kind of looking at our losses, losses last year outside of getting embarrassed by Colorado State, if you look at Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, and Notre Dame, those are combined four losses by 11 points. So, like, we were in those games. The Central Michigan game was overtime and, you know, two points. Like, if we can figure out those close games, I think that's going to be the key, winning the close games. Like, it's cool to blow out teams, you know, 45-7, to 49-17, 49-14. But it's winning ugly that I think is really what's going to have to define the Rocket season. I think anything less than – anything more than two conference losses is going to be unacceptable again. So and even those two I'm putting as our, you know – eternal foes northern illinois and you can either do western or ball state yeah usually usually we drop one to one of the directional schools sometimes we get the sweep on them but uh yeah five and three mm, that's that's that can't happen yeah those that's not for for rocket standards that's not a really good season if you lose one maybe two games obviously that's not bad but if you lose three you're not gonna have too many happy rockets fans and and that's the million dollar thing when, when push comes to shove, you know, if the expectation is Detroit, if the expectation is getting to that next level and showing that we are the premier class of kind of one of the Power Five conferences, great teams know how to win when it's close. Mm-hmm. Can the Rockets be a great team and win when, we're, when it's close? All right. Anything else on this? Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I hope I can make it to that game in a high state just to kind of see. Obviously, it's probably not going to be as crazy. I just want to see if the refs give them a good time. Like, I just want to see if the refs are not going to be in Ohio State's pocket like they were in 2011. Mm-hmm. But I mean, can Finn be To 2.0 and kind of shock some people? You never know. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be it'll be interesting to see though. But the best of luck to to the Rockets and uh, like I said before, uh, it'll be it'll be uh, fun to see. But next week they got a uh, LIU, and the first games are always the best. Always see a large crowd there over at the at the Glass Bowl. So uh, hopefully uh, we'll see that coming up next. We can go from from the pigskin to the round ball. David, give us a little tease. Uh should pro players, whether you're a rook, I would say within your first three years of your professional NBA career, mm-hmm. should you be giving pro-am tournaments 
Because you never know what will happen if you're out there playing in those pro-ams. Uh, yeah, that'll be kind of interesting. We'll get into that. You listen to 88.3 WGTs after further review. We return, like we say, me and David will debate. Should you play in a pro-am? Getting more and more popular. Also, I'm wondering if it's for cloud as well. That and more on 88.3 WGTs after further review. Make sure you listen to us on SoundCloud, on Apple. WXUT's After Further Review for the segments that we record. And also, we're always on WXUT's After Further Review Facebook page, AFR Sports Show on Twitter. And you can watch us all live on there. So, uh, on our Facebook page. When we return, some round ball. And should you actually play it? Should pros play a, um, pro-ams? We'll be back after this. <laughs> 